Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Hey, happy Monday, everyone. It's exciting. Made it through the weekend. Hope everyone had a good one. Ours was uh, pretty cool, actually. We're still furniture shopping, which is really annoying. So for those of you who've been following along, we moved into this new house. It's been about a month. Um, We had a couple little issues. Seemed to have been fixed, which is cool from a water damage, potential mold issue standpoint. So that's cool. Um, But, you know, we need furniture, and we've been shopping for furniture. And it takes, like four to six to eight weeks for anything to get delivered anywhere and we even tried to like shop before we moved in and then uh there was some issues uh with where we went by the way if anybody has a bob's discount furniture near them don't ever 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 use them there i i could spend a whole episode talking about just the madness disaster they put us through and how terribly they're managed and how much they don't care about their customers um point of the story is we uh or cliff note version we bought furniture like three weeks before we were moving because we knew we were moving and uh it never came and then we called them like a couple days before the delivery was supposed to have happened we didn't get any updates like oh we just canceled your order like that's it we don't have it anymore so we just canceled it and then i think they were also just planning on keeping our money too like they're like oh if we canceled the order then we get to throw an office pizza party it was really freaking frustrating but anyways um Anyway, so we've been looking for furniture every weekend, and so we're always out looking for furniture. And then we got back yesterday, and some friends uh, happened to be in the neighborhood and stopped by, which was cool. And we were kind of like separated and had some fun, and, and it was nice. So it was a nice little surprise. Anyways, it's very happy that I saw some other people outside of my wife and child this weekend. Not that I don't love them, because I do so much, but it's always nice to see some other, you know actual people (laughs) um so anyway uh so today i sent out an email actually i don't know if it went out yet um should be going out today if it didn't go out but i did an inspection last week and it was uh the whole story was pretty crazy i thought i'd just share uh, share the story with you excuse me um and it's actually a good lesson too about something that a lot of people, a lot of remediators try to do, try to give you as an answer to fix a mold problem, and it just doesn't work. Um, and this is like full-on proof that it doesn't work because we just saw it. So basically, here's the deal. Uh, we did an inspection actually for two functional medicine doctors, um, a husband and wife. And uh, the wife is dealing with multiple you know, SIRS and different issues. And their daughter has... Um, she has, uh, brain issues, so she's not, uh, developing properly. She has like mood issues, things like that. They took her in to get a brain scan and, uh, the father was like, yeah, it just, the the technician told us that it just looked like her, her brain looked like a volcano on the brain scan, meaning that it was so inflamed 
that it was coming up like red and orange and yellow in the scans when, when they should be kind of the darker, cooler colors. So um, that was kind of the initial setup. And you're like, oh, man, like I, I got to be good, right? You can't miss anything or at least you got to try. You got to do your best. Not that I don't always. But, you know, when you hear stories like that, it's just, uh, God, man, you, you just want to make sure you're finding out what's going on, you know. And so then I started talking about the history, what's going on in the house. So basically, um, it was it was a new build not that long ago. Uh, and they had, when I say not that long ago, I think like, um, like the 2010s, right? So, you know, I guess it's not a new build, but they had the house built. They were the first people that moved in and there was some sort of issue with how the attic was ventilated. So for those of you that have been following, uh, listening for a while, um, you may have seen that I talk about different reasons why there might be mold growing in your attic. Uh, one is, you know, there could be a leak. Uh, in the roof, there could be a roof leak. Uh, the other is you could have poor ventilation in your attic. And so when the air flow and the air circulation in your home moves upward into the attic, which it's going to do, uh, there's nowhere for it to go and it could stagnate up there. If it's not ventilated properly, you can end up getting mold growing a lot of stuff if there's a humidity increase from that. And so, uh, that's what was happening here. It sounds like, uh, and, and so, historically they had they had to have the whole roof basically removed because when they looked up in the attic above their daughter's bedroom there was mold everywhere growing up there and this is right below where she's sleeping and just side note you know think think about that right so we're talking about the issues um how it was manifesting in the daughter the issues in the attic guys it wasn't in her bedroom it wasn't in a living space a quote living space it was in the attic attics basements crawl spaces very important. Your house does not know you don't live in those spaces. The air is going to move through all of those spaces. The remediators that come in and say, ah, oh, it's in the attic. It's no problem. Just fire them immediately. Like they don't know what they're talking about. And if that, if they're going to tell you that, then they're not going to clean stuff the right way either. So th that's not the answer. The answer is, ah, oh, it's in the attic. It's cool. No, no, it's not cool. Get the hell out of here. You're fired. That, that's, that's the next answer after that. Um, anyways, uh, so so they ended up having to have the whole roof removed, not because there was roof leaks, but because there was so much mold growing on the plywood decking under the roof and then and throughout the place that they actually had to kind of just remove everything and get it all done. There was so much. So they did all that and then uh, got the, the new roof put on and uh, came out and it happened again. And so it sounds like the first time the source of the problem didn't get fixed. I think the, the thought was that it probably was a roof leak the first time. And that's why they replaced the roof. And then the second time they went up, um, this is, you know, a little while later, again, go up to check. Daughter's still, you know, showing symptoms and signs and, and all the things that's going on. And there was a mold problem up there again. It turns out that the builder from what it sounds like, you know, I wasn't there, you know, at the time, but it sounds like they didn't install ventilation properly in the attic or enough of it. And so you're getting that stagnation of, of air that moved up there. And so if you get humid air that moves up and it stays up there and it's not ventilating, then it causes a problem. Sounds like that's what was happening. So then they had, uh, another remediator come out and clean you know, quote, remediate the attic, which I'll tell you what they did. And, um, and then came down and said, okay, there's no mold anywhere else. And, and we sprayed, uh, an encapsulate over everything. So, uh, it should be fine. There should never be mold growth again. Okay. So what's an encapsulate? 
um, I was just in a in a Facebook group, one of the toxic mold Facebook groups, and I saw somebody talk about spraying something with kills. So kills is a type of encapsulate. There's ba it's basically this liquid that you uh, that is sprayed, you know, put into a machine that sprays it, and you're or you could paint it. You could do either way, but and you're supposed to the way that they tell you, like, oh, just paint this over mold, spray this over mold, and it's going to kill what's ever there, and then nothing will ever grow again. This is, it's apparently the most magic material that's ever been created. Uh, <laughs> it sounds amazing. I don't know how these companies, by the way, can literally go out and say that when it's just 100% not true. I just don't get it. I don't get how these products are allowed to be sold. It's freaking terrible. But anyway, so that's, that's what they told them they did. So we go up in the attic now. So now this is like a few years after this has happened, I think. And we go up in the attic. I, I, I want to make sure that we're looking at everything above her space for sure when we're up in the attic. So we're up there. I'm pulling insulation off the ground because uh, I want to see the bottom of the drywall. I want to see everything up there. Um, but anyways, we look kind of under the roof side, right? So if you're in the attic and you look up at the ceiling of the attic, that's the bottom of the roof. It's called the decking. That's where the roof is basically attached by plywood to the, uh, to the rest of the house. And mold all over it, right? And so we get pictures of it. Uh, we collect some samples up there. I'll tell you what we did for testing as well. Um, and, uh, and that's what we did, right? So come back down and we sit down and run through everything with the client and we start getting some questions about, you know, what's going on up there. Right. And so, uh, the email that's going out, I think today, yeah, things going on sometime today. Uh, I, I basically kind of wrote out our conversation that we had. I think it was a really good, they were asking you questions. Um, and I think it's like important for people to see. So I, I kind of transcribed our conversation, uh, and wrote it out. And some of it came over email like a little later. So I literally just copied and pasted some of the, some of the conversation we were having. So it'll be like me and what I say, and it'll be like clients and what they say. Right. So you can see how it all goes. Anyways. Um, Basically, they were asking, we're like, they're like, well, if if they sprayed this thing that's supposed to kill mold, then, you know, would the test be skewed? It's interesting when they say the test be skewed. See, they're, they're doctors, right? So, like, you can see how they're thinking about stuff. It's not about skewing tests, right? When we're in the home, we're there that day. I want to see what's there that day, right? I want to see what's actually there. It's not about what was there before. And if there was a treatment done and if that's going to like change our results that we get today, if that changes the results we get today, awesome, change it. That's fine. I want to see what's currently still there, right? Because that's what we're trying to figure out. We're not trying to figure out, is it better than it was before? We're trying to figure out, is it bad currently? Is it bad right now? Right? That's what we're trying to figure out. So that was kind of the first question. The next was, well, if it kills everything, then are you even going to get results at all? So here's the deal. When you put sprays or encapsulates or whatever you're putting on something and you're just spraying it and you're not forcefully remediating and removing the problem, this is like the biggest problem in, the, in remediation and there's really no oversight. So these guys go out and do whatever the hell they want to do and it's kind of annoying. Um, if you're not physically removing the mold, so in this case, uh, if there's mold growing on framing in attics, you actually have to like wire brush it and sand it and get it out of the wood or you actually have to get rid of it. That's how you remove it. So mold is, it's like a tree. It has roots. It grows into stuff, right? And so uh, you actually have to kind of remove the roots and the way you remove the roots is, is what's called abrasive 
um, you know, cleaning, which is like sanding or wire brushing or getting all that stuff out. So, um, you know, that wasn't done clearly because we go in there and there's still black everywhere. Um, if they had done that, then that would have been gone because I don't think they were in there that long before we were there. But everything was painted in that white paint. Everything was sprayed in that white paint. So they did a really good job spraying stuff. Uh, and so I go in there and on top of the white, there's mold growing. So like, I don't care what all these people are going to, are going to say, they say, Oh, mold can't grow on this. This is going to seal it in and it won't come back. This is going to kill everything. It doesn't work. If there is a environment where mold is able to grow, it's going to make a, it's going to make that material from like a porous or some, you know, it'll kind of increase the porosity a little bit of it, but it's still an organic food source down there. And here's the big thing is that a lot of times the encapsulate paints, like if these guys are going to use it in that manner, you have to coat everything. And what happens is they just kind of do like one spray. And so there's just kind of like some white speckling on the, on the plywood or the framing, but you can still see the wood. And, and if the whole point is to seal that up really tight uh, with this magic material, if they're not even doing that, which is what it looked like here in this circumstance, then of course mold is still going to grow there. But even if you spray stuff with, I've seen it grow before. Um, I don't care what people tell me about what the, what the bottles say. I've seen it too many times. And so, and as a result, you have a girl that has brain issues and, and everything that goes along with it. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, using that as your only method for remediation it's awful, you know, and the reality is that the, there's a place for those materials to be for those types of things to be used. It's not meant to be used as the only thing you do for remediation. You don't go into a space and then just spray everything with encapsulate and say, OK, cool, we did remediation. How fast are we out of here? Awesome. We could go do our next job. Great. That's not the point, right? You have to treat these things like a medical situation. There are protocols or things you have to do. There's an order. And, you know, the problem is it's it's not this enforced order that's out there and so everybody does whatever they want it's really frustrating so um anyway so their question was well if they spray everything is supposed to kill it then what are you going to get like you're not going to have anything on your sample result there's not going to be anything there and i look and i was like look at this and i showed them the picture and you guys will see the pictures in your emails I'm like look at this does this look like nothing look at all this here i don't care what they sprayed on this there's clearly something happening here. Now, let's think of that theoretically. If they sprayed something to kill it, then there's not gonna be anything there. So, what are they actually killing, okay? And what are the different components of the, of the entire mole colony and what's going on? Think of a mole colony like a tree, okay? So you got, you got the leaves, and the leaves are like the mold spores, okay? So that's like, everybody knows spores, right? So that's it. But if you think of a tree, the leaves are not really the biggest piece of the tree. Um, it's part of the tree. And so you have those and then you have branches and you have bark and you have roots and you have a trunk and you have all these different components of the tree, right? So let's say that you sprayed, actually, let's not use a tree. Well, we'll use that to think through what spores are in relation. Let's use like a weed in your, in your lawn. It'll be easier to think through. So let's say that your goal is to get rid of all the weeds in your lawn. You got weeds growing everywhere, right? So same thing. I got mold growing. I want to get rid of it. I got weeds growing. I want to get rid of it. Let's use the same theory that these guys are using for mold. They're going to spray this with this magic spray and it's going to kill all the mold and it's all going to disappear, right? That's, that's what they're pitching. Okay. So if I went into my yard and I sprayed all the weeds with weed killer, what's going to happen? 
and they're going to die and they're just going to stay there and they're just going to stay there. <laughs> like what has to happen? Someone has to come pull all the freaking weeds out. Right. And it's the same exact thing. Somebody has to get rid of the mold. Right. You can't just spray it and think it's going to magically evaporate into nothingness in the world. That's not how it works. And the problem. So let's talk about what's getting killed. Right. So mold is the living organism. Right. It's this thing. It grows. It eats. It releases spores. Spores are not the living thing. Okay. The mold itself is the colony is the living thing. Spores are like seeds that it lets off. Right. So the spores are not the thing that's like alive. It's like a seed. Um, and it gets let off and then it grows and it kind of turns into that. You could deactivate spores and that's fine. But like the colony itself is what's growing. The spore turns into the colony. So I guess technically the spore ultimately is some sort of life if you want to think of it that way. But the reality is you kind of have this, this factory that's creating and creating. That's the thing that's alive. Okay, so that's one piece of it. So now we have all the other things we've got to think about with mold. So you have spores that come off, which we just kind of talked about. You have any sort of fragments that break off of the mold colony. So if you think of, of a tree again, what if a branch breaks and falls off, right? Anything like that. All of those components. So there's all of that. If it's creating mycotoxins, that's actually a chemical byproduct. That is not a living thing. It is just a chemical. That's all that it is. So now we're talking about the spray that's going to kill the thing that's alive. And then it's somehow also just going to magically evaporate it. Oh, and on top of that, it's also going to deactivate a completely different chemical compound that it's not even meant for, right? You see where we're going here? There's not one thing that's going to do all this stuff. It's, I've never seen it. And if the magic product comes out, it'd be amazing to see, right? It would save people a lot of money because they wouldn't have to remediate. That's because that's how they're getting sold from all these remediation companies. You don't have to remediate because this product does all this stuff. Right. And so when they ask, well, it's going to kill everything. Right. So. So your samples aren't really going to show anything. Well, it doesn't it doesn't it, it might kill the, the living piece of it to a point where it's not actively growing anymore. But the the colony is still there. The so if you think of the tree, the branches and the roots and the bark and, and all of that is still there. If it had produced mycotoxins, that's still there right? It's just not releasing spores anymore. It's just kind of stopped working. It's basically a factory that went out of operation, but it's still there. So you drive down the street and you see this giant factory still, it's still there. It's just not working anymore. Right. And so that's what it is. So the answer to that question is it's going to pick up all that stuff that's there. Right. And it depends what type of sampling that you're doing on how in depth you're going to get into testing. So in that attic, I, I did three different types of tests in the attic because I had asked them, I was like, listen, what's your guys' goal? What are you trying to figure out here? You know? And uh, the answer was, listen, I, we want to know if the, the biggest problem is coming from the attic and this thing that's been continuing to happen or if it's from other things that are going on in the house because we got to figure it out. I said, okay, all right, so we can help with that. So here's the thing. If you're trying to isolate one area and compare it to another area, then you have to test that area separately, okay? So a lot of times people want to know, like, I want to know if this is, like, really where it's coming from or if it's coming from here. And so you could do source testing, obviously. You're going to want to, we want to do that everywhere that we see a problem. So in a wall, in a ceiling, in a cabinet, whatever. Um, but when you're talking about, like, exposure, what's moving around, what's getting out of the space, is the attic more of a contributor to what's happening in the living space versus you know, some of the sources that we're finding in the living space, we actually want it to sample the attic kind of, uh, what's the way to say it? 
I call it the occupied spaces in the living in the main house, which is just everywhere that you live, basically. It's, it's dust collection testing just from the main living spaces. So you think you do then you would do dust collection testing in the attic. This isn't right where the mold is growing. This is dust that's collecting like on top of the ductwork lines and uh, on top of the framing pieces and different things that are in there because you want to see what's breaking off of these colonies and what's settling in there. And if the settlement in the attic is way worse than the settlement throughout the rest of the house, then you're showing a difference in concentration and then it's a bigger issue up there. And then you're answering that question, right? So because that was part of the goal that she wanted to do, not only do we do a surface test of where the mold was growing, what it looked like it was growing, because we have to validate there's a problem there. Um, but then we also did an ermine and a mycotoxin test in the attic. So I skipped over, uh, uh, the wife actually has multiple mycotoxins in her body as well, um, as what the daughter's going through. I think the daughter had a couple too. So we tested for mold using ermine and, and mycotoxins up in the attic, as well as a surface test of where the mold is actually growing. So people are like, well, why are you testing the surface too? Like, why are you doing all this testing? I feel like you're over testing. Like... The next question, this gets to that, was what are you going to do with all this stuff? What, what's your plan? What do you want to have happen? You know? And, you know, she, she kind of like said something in passing like, you know, it's just not fair that these guys, you know, came in and they didn't fix it properly. And then she kind of went off on it. I'm like, are you thinking like about legal action at all? Is that something that you're thinking about doing? She's like, I don't know. Um, maybe. It's like, okay, well, if you're thinking about that, then you then we have to create the story and i've talked in depth about the story that we create it's, it's cause effect effect cause is actually the the cause of the problem we have to basically show that there is a mold growth happening in the house growth is not dust sampling growth is actually finding where the colony is located and validating that there is a mold growth issue so in the attic for instance the swab sample over the actual mold looking stuff that is the cause okay so that would be source that would be problem that would be growth problems so that's what we're finding there then so you do cause and then you do uh, effect you do there's two effects so cause effect effect so cause is where the source is coming from effect the first effect is how that's moving throughout the house and how it's actually impacting the person that lives in the house so from the home perspective, you're showing cause and effect. You're showing that there are sources of mold in the house and that those sources have, if they've created mycotoxins, then you're validating that. If they haven't, then they haven't. But you're showing if toxins have been created and if that mold, meaning the actual colonies themselves, are moving throughout the house and you're being exposed to that as you're walking around the house. So the way we do that is through dust testing. So you might be asking like, well, Brian, like, why don't we do air testing? Because air testing doesn't work in that way. <laughs> that's why. Um, I think two, three episodes ago, I have an episode that's, that's called Why Air Sample Sucks. So I would tell you to go listen to that one to get the full in-depth and, uh, thought on that. But basically doing an air sample in the middle of a room is just a complete waste of time. So like I wouldn't really do it. Uh, but the dust testing, there's research behind it. It really validates and shows what's getting popped up into our breathing zone um, and what we're exposed to on a regular. And it gives us a more historic view of what's going on. It's a more accurate reading. It's a more in-depth testing methodology. It's just like, it's just better all around in terms of the data you're getting and the long-term history of what's going on in the house. And then understanding just kind of building science and how humans walk around and create this cloud around them as they walk through the house. And that's what they're being exposed to. So all of that stuff is why we do dust testing, um, to figure that out. So now 
if she's if she's even thinking if it's even just a little seed of a thought in her brain that she's thinking that she wants to uh, pursue legal action because let's be honest here this addict situation has been going on for a long time the daughter's having a lot of issues she's having a lot of issues and you know I get it like oh I don't want to deal with this is so stressful I just want it to be done at the same time like the negligence in getting the house built properly has caused like very serious health issues and at some point like it's not your responsibility to have to pay for the tens of thousands of dollars it's going to take in medical treatment for that it wasn't your fault you didn't do it you know so uh we talked it through and she decided she did want to test the attic separately she wanted to validate if that was a bigger cause of what might be going on in the house or not so that's what we did so we did uh surface tests on what looked like the mole we did in Ermine and a mycotoxin in the attic. I haven't gotten any of it back yet, so we'll see uh, what all of it comes back. And then we did throughout the house, um, you know, there's some other sources that we tested in the house potentially as well. And then we also did Ermi mycotoxin in the house as well. So we're going to compare the Ermi mycotoxin in the attic to the Ermi mycotoxin in the house. And we're going to see, and when I say in the house, I mean kind of the main living spaces. And we're going to see if there's a big difference. If the attic is like way worse, then it's just kind of validating the fact that this has been an epicenter of a problem and it's a problem, right? And so that's what we're going to be showing. So, um, yeah, that was kind of, it's kind of the overview of everything. I guess the point I want to get across and in the email I sent out today, the pictures, there's a couple pictures in there of like close-ups of like the attic and where the growth looks like. So you can see it, but there's like the white paint and there's just black growing on top of it. It's not a cure-all fix for everything. You have to fix the moisture source every time. Every time you have to fix the moisture source. So if in this case, if the moisture was truly because there wasn't a lot of ventilation in that space, and so you're getting trapped air, trapped humidity that was peaking up in there, then the ventilation in the attic has to be fixed, right? Or if, if maybe there was a break in uh, maybe the shower exhaust lines that were coming up, maybe they were releasing into the attic, or maybe they had a break in one of the lines and they weren't exiting out. So every time you take a shower, uh, you're getting exhaust or you're getting uh, like humid shower air that's filling the attic. I don't know if that's what was happening, but that could be a reason that it happens too, right? So you got to figure out like what's happening. It didn't look like here it was roof leaks. I don't think it's the roof that's leaking. I mean, the roof isn't very old at this point either because they had the whole thing replaced. So I don't think that's what it is. But it seems like there's something happening in that space that's creating a moisture problem. So they got to figure out what that is and get that addressed. So you have to get you know, contractors out and building performance experts out to understand airflow potentially. I mean, there's, there's different people you have to get out. You know, I, I wish that I knew the answer to everything when I'm there, but like our job really is to figure out like what is happening. Like, is there, where is mold hiding, how to get rid of it, how to clean it. And sometimes I can tell you where it looks like it's coming from, but other times I can't, right? Other times you need to have other experts that are specialists in a particular area be able to identify that for you um, and even maybe come out and do water testing and try to see where the leakage might be coming from the outside of the house potentially so there's a, there's different things that have to get done but at the end of the day the point of this whole story is to talk about how these remediation companies that want to come out and just spray everything and not remove it how they're just causing they're contributing to this epidemic of sick homes that are out there because you, as a, as a homeowner, you say, okay, I had a remediator come in and they said everything was fixed. So even if you're one of the homeowners and if you're listening to the show, you probably are, even if you're one of the homeowners or even, uh, 
you know, residents or whatever that are trying to handle things properly, if, and you're doing your part, right? You're not ignoring it, right? You're doing your part. And then you have a company come out and they're just going to spray everything and not actually clean it. Then it, it kind of doesn't matter that you had good intentions because now you're going to be told that there's no problem there. And unless you have uh, a consultant who comes in and does post testing and, and post inspections, you're not going to know if it was actually done the right way, which side note, highly, 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 highly recommend that you get whoever your initial inspector was needs to come out and do the post inspections and post testing and listen back to some previous episodes on how that testing should be done. Um, so I took myself on a tangent there. Um, what I was saying is how they're contributing to all the homes that are just a disaster around. And, and as a result, you know, we live in these homes and people get sick. So, um, if you have, you can control your home, right? If, if you own your home, you can control your home. And so you just want to make sure if you have an issue, you got to talk through process with the remediators. And if they're saying they're just going to spray it and encapsulate paint, they're going to paint everything with whether it's kills or whatever the heck they're going to use. And that's their solution. The answer is no. Like, sorry, guys, we need people who are actually uh, kind of want to do some work and remove some stuff because pa painting and spraying is not really a lot of work. It's you got a dude sitting there with a paint gun. He's just spraying everything. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. We're meeting the we're really remediating this today. Look real good, guys. Just let's spray this a little longer. No, remediating is source removal. That's what remediating is. Painting is covering it up. So the remediation companies, they should just be called the cover it up. We make houses sick companies because uh, that's all they're doing if they're just spraying stuff around. So um, anyway, guys, I, I hope that story is helpful for you. That you kind of got something out of it. Um, I think this week, uh, by the way, so I put out a little a little note on on the Instagram and asked if people would be interested in hearing Corey, who is my business partner. Um, on the show, maybe for like a segment every week to talk about some of the um, phone calls that he gets in and some of the situations that people are in and kind of how we guide them. And so um, seemed like the answer was a big yes, which is cool. So we're going to have Corey on at some point this week and then try to make that a regular weekly thing. And in addition to that, I'll answer some questions and then maybe I'll talk about an inspection or something we're doing, you know, I'll kind of do the same thing and, and get you guys some more information. Um, I think I'm going to do another Q and a this week. I did get a lot of questions last week, so I only answered three or four of them. So I'm probably going to go through and answer some more of those too at some point this week. So hope everyone has a great Monday and we will talk to you soon. Oh, and one more thing before I forget, uh, I was talking about these emails that I send out. So if you guys want to get these emails, I send emails like four or five emails a week, um, of things really similar to the podcast, but usually different topics. So today I, I crossed over uh, just because it just really bothered me. Um, but I usually do different things. So if you guys are interested in like mold prevention or examples of things that are happening or air filtration or I can't even think of all the other things that I that I talk about. But it's basically um, it's, it's the mold finders email list. It's me giving you guys some information almost every day during the week. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, if you just want to, uh, you could, you could go to moldcleaningproducts.com. Um, that's a way that you can get onto the list. And if you just give your name and email, that'll put you on that list. Additionally, uh, you'll get an email on my favorite mold cleaning product. So you'll get that too, as a little bonus. Um, but once you, uh, once you do that, then, um, I'll have you on my list. 
I'll give you a little introduction about my background and stuff so you can get a little feel for me if, if you're just meeting me here on, on the podcast and then start sharing some, uh, some information multiple times a week of different things that we're learning, that we're seeing, examples of stuff, how to prevent things, all kinds of stuff. So, so it's a really awesome email list uh, and I put a lot of time into writing these emails out. So um, they're not just like quick little nothings. They're what I think are at least of some value. Uh, in the time that I put into them. So if you're interested in getting on that list, I talked about the email I was sending out today about everything we just talked about. Um, you could go to moldcleaningproducts.com. You could get that email about the cleaning product that I prefer uh, in remediation. And then you'll also get put onto that list. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 